What happens when a blind man, a woman of color, and a child of immigrants get together to discuss how diversity, inclusion, and equity affect your business? Hi everybody, welcome to the Choose Inclusion podcast. I'm UB, and I am the Latino white guy of the group. I'm Nina, I am the woman of color in the group. And I'm Mike, I'm uh, the blind guy. All right, everybody, welcome to a special edition of the Choose Inclusion podcast. I'm UB with my wonderful co-hosts, Nina and Mike. Hi, Jim. Hey, everybody, Mike Hess here. So we are doing this completely remote, uh, obviously, given the current state of affairs in the world. And we wanted to do a special uh, podcast episode talking about something really specific. because of this unique situation that we find ourselves in and everyone having to work remote, the what we're starting to see just in four days into this thing is that your lack of diversity is showing now more than ever. And in a couple ways, right? So we've got everybody working remotely using technology like we're using Zoom um, and People are sharing, you know, the successes of that. They're sharing how their teams are doing that and sharing pictures of the Brady Bunch looking, you know, gallery view of, of everybody uh, on their team working remotely. And wait, 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 hold on. For those of us who don't have the pleasure of understanding what you mean by Brady Bunch, please illuminate me. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. I forgot, Mike. You're, you're a millennial. Um, <laughs> Well, and also Mike is blind, and so he doesn't have. That's something we'll talk about because you know he doesn't have the ability, obviously, to to visually interact. So this is normal for him, right? This is kind of remote work if you kind of think of it that way. But the Brady Bunch is, you know, was two families uh, who came together. So they had three kids, three boys, three girls. Is that right? I think that's what yeah. it was. Right? <laughs> I mean, the point anyway. is that the opening sequence, uh, the, yes. the title cards of the of the show, had uh, each member of the family in its own little tiny box, and all nine boxes were laid out in a grid, and you saw them, and they were all looking at each other through their boxes, and that's essentially what our webinar, or what our video conferencing looks like now. You see a bunch of faces in these boxes on your screen, and... Um, similar to what the Brady Bunch was, which was just a white suburban family, white suburban middle-class, (laughs) able-bodied family. That's kind of what we're seeing on all the screens of like the screenshots that people are sharing on LinkedIn of their teams going 100% remote. Thank you for that. So you're saying that then the, this um, Brady Bunch analogy is looking very Caucasian uh, and, 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 and obviously very middle class. And so to me, what, when I hear that statement, some of the news that is just shocking me to no end and that's I'm really sensitive about, guys, with, with, with what's going on with the whole coronavirus, COVID-19 uh, pandemic, is there are school districts here in Colorado that do not have one device per child and so you have socioeconomic status that is absolutely affecting these young lives from even able to participate 
in this distance learning time right now. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, like well, I mean, this is part of the problem, right? Is that we're so focused on the sprint, that is the how do we deal with COVID, that we're missing out on, you know, especially like the three of us, right? We're working every single day in, you know, building a more inclusive world, making sure that diversity is part of the conversation in everything that we do. And that has, in a lot of ways, felt like it's been sidelined at, at the expense of, you know, well, we gotta be talking about COVID right now. There's a, there's a pandemic happening, we need to address this. The irony is that by sidelining this really important conversation about diversity, equity, and inclusion, we are actually making the situation worse for everyone in the pandemic. And I think like the socioeconomic situation for those who don't have access to resources is exactly one of those things. Yubi, uh, I mean, you, you had mentioned something else earlier as well. Well, I, I think what's interesting about this is that for a lot of these underrepresented groups of people who are defined by socioeconomic status, race, gender, sexual orientation, all those sorts of things. The things that everybody is collectively experiencing right now because of this situation, these are things that people like that have been experiencing their whole lives, right? Like not being able to pay rent or not being able to shop and get food for their kids, not being able to go to school. And or like I think, not being able to like show up to work and say yeah. and say like I am really tired because I have my kids at home all the time and usually a lot of women who show up to work and say things like that are treated like garbage and now all of a sudden people are okay with you know or you know some people are okay but like everyone's experiencing these things that have typically been you know pushed to the sides of marginalized groups and now everyone is seeing it firsthand in front of their face now right i i had a uh to that point i had <laughs> i've had a handful of you know biz dev right some sales calls this week and everybody is uh, that we're having these calls with are we're instead of you know getting together if we're able to get them together here in the denver metro area uh they're now being pushed to a virtual environment and uh gentlemen i uh, i'll <laughs> he'll uh, remain nameless However, uh, you know, he, it, it, the, the angst in his voice, you know, having three young children all under the age of 10, uh, not being able to take them out for entertainment, um, not even, you know, under 10, like think of what distance learning might even look like in that situation. But the exasperation in his voice that, you know, like he, he's, he's having to, uh, co-mingle with with a family now uh, attempting to get some semblance of work done he was he was overtly exasperated over the whole situation and yet to your point uh, Nina right like uh, you know wel welcome to the world where <laughs> you know may maybe moms have to take on that responsibility a tad bit more mm -hmm. exactly and like, I think it gets even more exacerbated when you start layering other levels of underrepresented and marginalized, like women of color are going to experience this, like have been experiencing this as tenfold, right? Yep. Like that has just been the case for many years that uh, what a white woman brings up in the office, it's like 10 times worse for the black woman in the office. And, um, and now there's, you know, in some ways it's really frustrating because I, th I think they're experiencing things tenfold even now 
but there's this huge opportunity to start exercising empathy. And I think that's what's so fascinating about what's happening with COVID right now is that all of a sudden people are having to be more empathetic than they've ever been in the last several decades. I mean, I think I was thinking about it in terms of like 9-11, where all of a sudden there's this larger sense of, you know, 9-11 doesn't have, like there was definitely a lot of hatred and things that came out of it and racism. There's hatred and racism coming out of COVID too. But there's also this larger sense of like, how do we make our society better? How do we help the person next to us? Um, especially in the days right after it happened. And I think we're kind of experiencing like this is the the new thing of this generation is this time where everyone's going to look back and say, where were you during COVID and what do you remember? And these are going to be like very monumental times in our lives. So then the question is, is that how are we taking this empathy, this empathy that we are not, this level of empathy that everyone's experiencing that they might not experience three weeks from now or one month from now and leverage it to make sure it gets used into all the ways that it needs to be integrated into our systems and into our societies. Yeah. But well, have it passes. I, well, I love that. And I love the illustrations that we're able to use with this. Uh, just right now, we're able to do a remote podcast and uh, quite a, both of you were like, so we're using the platform zoom. How does that work for a blind user? And I was able to um, articulate and, and let you both know that, you know, zoom, there are some platforms out there. Again, you've got, you guys have heard me say this before. Technology is the great mitigator for people with disabilities. So as a blind user, I'm able to, no problem. No, no, again, this is all very innate on my iPhone. Zoom has built it in on their platform. So there, there, was, there was no issue for me to be able to jump on a platform like this and conduct business. So technology being that great mitigator, if you have access to technology. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and, and I think what we're seeing, um, and to Nina's point, how this all sort of ties into this very unique, unprecedented event, is this is a true, like, level setting scenario where every person, it doesn't matter who you are, except, you know, not even people with money. Like, everybody, literally, this virus is something that can affect everybody. I mean, talk about the most unbiased thing in the world, <laughs> this virus. It doesn't care who you are. doesn't care what you look like. doesn't care what you believe in, what your orientation is, whatever. Um, it is truly a level-setting thing. And that's where I think that the true opportunity here is to, to have these conversations and to really dig into how we can – realize that everybody can be a part of this and, and technology is a huge part of that like you said Mike I mean we can as a company if you really take the time to figure out how to do this we've been forced into a situation where we kind of have to so how do we get everybody included um yeah you, like know. I think that, you know we we've been in this 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 has been an interesting time. It's an opportunity to pause and reflect in a way that we've never really had the time to do that. Like now, I'm not commuting in a car anymore to go anywhere. I don't have to fly anywhere. I don't. I'm, I'm not going to go to bars to socialize. So there's like more time to reflect and just think about things than ever before. So obviously, one we need to be thinking about how are we using that time 
wisely. And I think a lot of it should be spent on like, how can we address these systemic problems when I go back to the world as I knew it? And, um, you know, one of the things I always said early, you know, from the very beginning was that if you, as companies are building teams, if you really want um, a diverse team, like a team of people from all different backgrounds and especially from underrepresented groups, building a remote first environment actually does that. Like you're gonna be able to get more people with visible and invisible disabilities. You're gonna get people of all different socioeconomic backgrounds. You're gonna get more people of color. Um, you're just going to get more people that would otherwise never be open and interested in showing up. Um, um, sorry, I oh shit, sorry. Did my mic go in and out? And I will. S- <laughs> I did. That's the hey. That's the beauty of uh, that's the yeah. beauty of this. <laughs> How much of that was missed? <laughs> it was like literally a second. Okay, good. <laughs> um, but but like, now I do have to mark the explicit box on the on the podcast thing. So just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like I you think totally that, said shit uh, yeah I, <laughs> i'm pretty sure i curse in every of these podcasts though so i, I don't hold back um but the fact that all of a sudden everyone's getting exposed to having to be remote i think is also hopefully opening up opportunities for more companies to be like yeah remote is definitely an option and we can build inclusive and engaged teams that create better products and services with a remote team and therefore open the door to more diversity, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I think um, the conversation for going, going back to the socioeconomic piece and, and the things that have kept a lot of these underrepresented groups from participating in this way, um, those things need to be addressed, right? Like, so first of all, does your does your entire employee population, for example, no matter who they are, where they are, have the have access to the technology? Um, and second, we're getting a literally, and now we're getting a window into everyone's personal environment, personal life, their homes. And, and frankly, I think a lot of people don't want to show that, right? They're either embarrassed by that, or they've been meant to feel embarrassed by that. So how do you? How do you address that? Like, just because we've all gone remote now, does it mean, well, now everybody has to be, maybe you've got to understand if, you know, there's certain people who don't want to show that. And if you're saying, well, you can't be on mute and you have to turn your video on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we got to think about how that, that communication piece, we've got to think about people's anxiety because of that, their, you know, mental health, their, their situation. But I mean, how do we address that? How do companies address that? So well, I, oh, go ahead, Mike. No worries. I well, so to me, it goes back to you know we we started this our you know before we went on air, guys. We were talking about um, how you know, and and yet I I agree for sighted people, it's it there is a an important element to that eye contact. However, if you're th- if you're thinking about like starting from um, you know some of the concepts that Google and other organizations have used from a a blind interview process, you know attempting to create as much of a blind interview process as possible. Malcolm Gladwell talks about the interview process in Blink uh, significantly, but how do you expand upon that where, okay, I I agree at some point in time, uh, since the vast majority of the world is cited, you're going to want to see who you're working with. However, 
is that really, really, really important for those initial few seconds where so much of that visual bias happens? When can you, um, and, yeah. and yes, there are audio biases. I, I know you're going to bring that up, Miss Nina. I know that there are audio biases. Well, yeah. Too. I mean, Mike, how do you feel when you hear like a screaming baby in someone's home now or the dogs barking in the background? Like, Gro well, on conference calls before, but I'm sure you're hearing it all the time now. I, and, and here's the thing, I'm, since I am a family first uh, professional, it truly does not bother me, right? So, I mean, literally I was on a, with a major international organization um, uh, earlier today and you could hear, you could hear the cat and, and she had to stop <laughs> and she goes, guys, I am really, really sorry, I'm, you know, and, and that's to me, like, I'm okay with that. Now, there are some folks that quite honestly, have to adjust some of their audio filters but if you start the process let's say you're interviewing a team and you're starting with this whole blind concept and 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 again doing our best to eliminate at least some of the visual biases that are out there and just hearing somebody's voice getting them in a in an okay situation where it may not be comfortable for you however if it's comfortable for them let let it be heard like let you know let's yeah. let's start you know thinking that we have to engage the site immediately that's where i'm going with this not saying that you don't engage it at some point but does it have to be one of the first components right that's a great 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 point i mean for example mike is in the bathroom right now like <laughs> i don't care I, well, I don't care at least the video is not on video feed though so that's kind of him to do that <laughs> Cross-sighted people. <laughs> but I mean, I gotta say, the vulnerability piece is really critical. So, Mike, yeah. you lead an organization, and I think that oh. I, I, I muted myself. Damn it! <laughs> and rewind. All right. This is like what Mike you said is really important because you're a leader of an organization, and what leaders say the vulnerability that leaders put out there is so important and critical this time because right now we're all vulnerable we're all exposing a side of ourselves that we've never intended to expose to people at work right like yubi gets to look at my really creepy basement that's like got no things on the walls because i never bothered to decorate it and he said you look like a hacker and <laughs> he's allowed to say that to me but it was like a vulnerable moment where I was just like, yeah, you're right. You are seeing a part of my house I would never have let you see before. But like we needed to do this in order to continue to like run our business the way we need to do it. And everyone's doing that. Everyone's showing whether they intend to or not a part of them. And when leaders come out and say, it's okay, it's okay. Like if you have a screaming kid in your lap, who just won't quiet down while we do this call, like, it's fine. I get it. It's okay if your cat's walking all over your keyboard and, you know, cursing out people on the chat function on Zoom without recognizing it. <laughs> like, wow. like, that vulnerability is so important right now. And then, because this goes back to our podcast with Christy, I think it was like, was Christy episode six? Uh, or episode Some, seven. Or seven or, yeah. Yeah. Like that. So Christy, the comedian, when she talked about CEOs and teaching CEOs about vulnerability in her improv classes, like that's so key right now. Now is like a more important time than ever. It's actually a great opportunity to, to be able to be vulnerable, show that to everyone at your company, 
and lead by example that it's okay. Well, and it, it, the situation and the platforms, you know, we always talk about these things as competencies that you can actually learn, right? And so what a great way to practice and build habits out of these very critical things that then when hopefully things return back to normal and people are going back into work, that doesn't mean we go automatically back to before all this started happening. Hopefully everything we've been able to learn in this kind of situation is now we've practiced it enough that we're actually living it. Like the situation could be a hundred times better because we've used this great mitigating technology and this very interesting scenario to really hone in and practice on things like empathy, vulnerability, conscious communication, um, you know, and, and curiosity, right? Because this is giving us the opportunity to do that at a level that, frankly, it was, you know, with like breaking the bias, it's always been my thing of like, how do we touch enough people? How do we get in front of enough people to have these conversations? This is our time. Like, this is how we do it. Because everybody is literally in the exact same situation right now. Well, yes. I mean, yes, they are from the, from the pandemic perspective. And yet there are so many obvious, like you use the word normal, right? And, and your normal yeah. and, and my normal and quite honestly, individuals who are uh, single, single parents with, with kids at the home with no, no access to technology. Like think of, think of that word normal. I, I get, um, uh, you know, being, being, being a blind professional, like I hear, I hear that uh, the term all the time, like, oh, well, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, it's just normal to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, yeah, it's your normal. Like, right. it's, it's absolutely your normal. And, but I, I think you're completely right that we can create, like, this is a perfect opportunity to create a more ubiquitous normal from a work, especially from a workforce development perspective. Like, how do we, how do we get technology, right? How, how do the Googles of the world and the Microsofts of the world and the Apples of the world, how do they, you know, we've, we've got to make sure that students, whether they're in a rural environment, socioeconomic status situation, whatever that environment may be, we've got to create this new normal where all students have access because guess what? This is just, this is just a pandemic right now. Guarantee you within the next 20 years, there's going to be another one. And we need yeah. to create a new normal where these kind of situations don't put uh, uh, students that are in difficult situations financially in a worse situation moving forward. So we need to create our new normal. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's like, my mic drop, the by the way. Between the haves and the have-nots <laughs> is getting greater and greater. And yeah, that's, that was your mic drop. That, that, was, was, that was wonderful. Wait, <laughs> I, I, we need like an applause thing or something. <laughs> Our radio DJ sound effects to start a <laughs> podcast soon. <laughs> no, but that, that is, yeah, you might, that's a, yeah, absolutely a great point. And I think that's why this is, again, such a unique time and, because there's literally like a magnifying glass on all of these conversations. And it really truly is like a once in a lifetime opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's like now more than ever, I hope that our listeners and everyone out there takes a moment to sit and reflect, like take this time that they can pause and think about actionable things they can do, not just right now, but in the long term. Like once we're out of this particular crisis, 
so we can make sure that the systemic inequities that exist right now are mitigated in some way for the long term and then for the next crisis that's inevitable too. 100%. Couldn't agree more, Ms. Nina. What a great topic. I get a little energy around this, guys, because I think times like this are just clear indicators of um, <laughs> how, how, how different we all are and yet how, how um, ubiquitous our needs are. Absolutely. So what, what, what are some, let's give some clear um, maybe tips, right? Like steps that people can start to take. So I think one is, one is really connecting with each and every one of your employees and understanding their situation, their story, their, their hesitancy, their availability, their, their, you know, what is that current situation and, and how can we as, as leaders and we as a company respect and honor that? I think that's a good place to start, right? Is like educate yourselves about what each and every employee is, is dealing with in this current situation and how that might affect them in, in this remote work situation. I don't know, maybe is that a good starting spot? Well, you know, so, uh, something that we did this week, you know, again, we're, we're, a small, we're a smaller team. However, we did, you know, instead of um, our, our team meetings are always in person and then we usually go out to lunch. We did, uh, we did our team meeting remote and then we went and we did a virtual lunch. So we all had time to go and support local businesses. We all did the DoorDash um, supporting, you know, uh, small, small, you know, restaurants locally. And the, the, the only rule of engagement for this virtual lunch is we're not talking about work. And so, um, and I, I know the team was, um, they, were, they were fascinated to see, okay, well, can Mike Hess shut up about work? Because uh, I'm <laughs> slightly manic on it, but I, I, started, the, I started our uh, team luncheon off with uh, riddles and, and jokes. You know, so um, just to A, break the ice, but to create some chatter and we're, we're talking about what books we're reading now and uh, we're, we're talking about who's binging on one on Netflix. And, you know, so we, for an hour, an entire hour, we did not bring up the conversation of work. We connected as individuals, we connected as people. I would say that, I mean, I think that's awesome, Mike. I think uh, to add on to that, I think vulnerability is a key thing, especially coming from leaders. So what I'm seeing that is really effective is that a lot of people are looking for comfort right now. They're looking for comfort and reassurance in this time of uncertainty uh, with, you know, not just our, our, our personal health and our family's health and the public health, but also the economy as well. So I think business leaders in particular like need to be particularly vulnerable, honest, and transparent about what's happening with the company, um, what the future state is, and and what they don't know. And it's okay to say we don't know what we don't know, but like to put it out there and let everyone on your team and your company know that like this isn't they're not in it alone, that we're in this together, and that there are people that have your back and are looking out for you. I think is really critical in this time. And that's the kind of message that hopefully should continue on past this. But I think that's a great place for leaders to start right now. And that's creating the new normal, normalcy, uh, Nina. That's, that's a great point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you have, Ubaldo? Yeah. I, um, I, yeah, I just, I continue to think like this is a great leveling opportunity that 
every organization has um, to 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 sort of jumpstart their diversity and inclusion efforts, more so their inclusion efforts. Um, but you know, going back to the what we originally started talking about, you know, all of all of these you know Brady Bunch pictures of of the lack of diversity that we're seeing, like you know, that that should be an eye opener and that should be a okay we really do have to figure this out and here's how we can start um so it's there's a lot of reflection i think that needs to happen and it, it does start with the leaders um but again somehow having everybody in their own square on the screen is also like it doesn't matter if you're the manager or you're a frontline java developer or whatever like you're all this <laughs> we're all this this you know, in this same situation. So it, I keep going back to that. It's just, this is a really interesting leveling opportunity. Um, and we need to take advantage of it right now so that when we come out of this, like it, it's just already, it, it's a part of your DNA at that point as an organization. Love it. And that, that again is, is creating a new normalcy. So I, I, I love, I love it. So what a great topic today, ladies and gentlemen. I so, I'm so honored to be part of this podcast. Me too. And I'm glad that we were able to test out our first remote uh, podcast recording. Yeah, I think it worked really, really great. Um, so yeah, look for more content from us. I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna ramp it up because, you know, I'm just sitting here on my couch working. So I got plenty of time. <laughs> Mike's, Mike's sitting in the bathroom working. Yeah. So he's got plenty of time. <laughs> and Nina's hacking away in her basement. So she's got time. She's a mad, mad hacker. Well, and, and we actually, we actually have a, uh, we have a, an established author coming up on uh, future episodes, which is really exciting. And uh, we also want to let people know that we are going to have one of the original attorneys who uh, was part of the uh, Department of Justice uh, writing the, uh, the content for the Section 508 for the Rehabilitation Act coming up on future episodes. Oh, I'm so excited about that. Yeah. Maybe that's Oh, it's great. All yeah, the it, geeks out there are going to be geeking out on this. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about playing to a specific audience. Great. Love uh, it. Yeah, we're, we're excited. And as always, if anybody is interested in um, being a part of one of our episodes, reach out to us. Go to the chooseinclusion.com website and uh, send us a note. Um, otherwise, yep. look for more stuff from us. Oh, yeah, we're right. Well, we're only charging them, what, $5,000 to be on the show? Is that what it was? Yeah, I mean, it's, that's 50% discount. It's yeah. a COVID-19 discount. So, um, oh, man. no, don't even, don't even. Stop selling, start helping. That's the yes. key. Stop selling, start helping. That is oh, oh, that's right. Well, you guys know I'm in sales, right? So. Right. <laughs> All right, Mike, I'm going to go ahead and mute you now. Um, <laughs> From you, me, and I, we like to say thank you. <laughs> Stop selling. Start helping. <laughs> some, of the, some of the views expressed on this show are not the... <laughs> All right. Well, I think the great takeaway here is that you can still have fun. Um, support each other. And, yeah, look for more stuff from us coming out soon. We really appreciate you all listening in. And, um, until next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Stay safe. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Choose Inclusion podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 
And you can see closed captioning for this podcast on our YouTube channel. You can find us online on our website, chooseinclusion.com, and contact us on Twitter at chooseinclusion.